Welcome to Gleaning and Gathering. My name is Eric Heimlich. I'm your host today, and I want to talk to you about the topic of hope. This past week has been a, a busy one, an exciting one. Kaylin and my wife went to Florida for a little while and uh, spent some time there just uh, connecting with uh, old friends, going to the singing Christmas tree and spending time together. And it was a great experience for them. They got back uh, last night and uh, it's been uh, been good. We've been here working hard on the farm, the rest of us, and getting a lot of things done. And so today, this morning, I'm going to be sharing with our congregation on the topic of living in hope. Uh, today is the first Sunday of Advent, and I'll be preaching from Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 25. It ends with the verse, but if we hope for that we do not yet have, we wait patiently for it. You know, a few years ago, we took a trip as a family to California, and it was a massive trip that took over 6,000 miles and nearly a month to complete. And yet there was one question that kept coming up the entire trip. And uh, I bet if you're a parent, you can guess what it was. Uh, are we there yet? How much farther? You know, it was a tricky question to answer because uh, most of the time they meant how much farther to the next stop or how far until we get to eat or how far do we have to go today. But the question of, of how far do we have to go until we get home was not really one that we could answer. It was too far out there. All of my answers were some version of just be patient. We'll get there. You know, the the people of God had received prophecies. They knew that God was coming. He was going to send the anointed one, the Messiah. There were all kinds of signposts and markers that pointed to that. And, and so they knew that he was coming. And they had developed a picture of what Messiah was supposed to look like. Or at least what they thought that he would look like. And they expected to see a royal priest, a conquering king. But they didn't know when he would come. And so they waited year after year, generation after generation, and still no Messiah, just more waiting. There is a point that everyone reaches in hoping for or waiting for something when hope begins to fade. You know, we begin to face a bitter reality that things may not turn out for us as we had hoped. And disappointment and even dread can begin to set in. And we lose hope. I wish I could remember the book, but a few years ago I read the story of a man in a Vietnamese prison camp who survived seven years of starvation and torture. And after he made it out, he was asked, how, how did you make it when so many others didn't? And his response was, I never lost hope, but I didn't let my hope get in the way of reality. He said in that same interview that the optimists in his prison camp were the first to die. They thought that they would be out by Christmas, or at least in just a few months. And, and when that came and went, they lost hope. They gave up, and they died. But he said, I never lost hope, but I had to stay focused on surviving another day. It was just one day at a time. He had to stay focused on what he was doing and, and doing what he needed to do next. And, and that story reminds me of Luke chapter 2, when... Joseph and Mary are coming to the temple and they see Simeon and he's there. He's been waiting for years 
And it says there in, in verse 25 that he was a, a just and devout man waiting for the consolation of Israel. And it was revealed to him that he wouldn't die before seeing the Lord's Christ. And he, he sees them. He's looking for them daily. And he, he sees them coming. And he recognizes Jesus as just a little baby. And he says in verse 29, Lord, now let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for my eyes have seen thy salvation. You know, Anna was there as well. She'd been in the temple for 84 years and she was waiting, but she hadn't been waiting for nothing. And you know, we've waited generation after generation, century after century, and still Jesus has not come back. But we aren't just waiting. We are living in hope. This morning, I hope to look a little bit at what living in hope means from Hebrews chapter 12. Living in hope means we throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles and besets us. You know, friends, you can't look ahead if you're constantly looking back. I don't know if you've taken stock recently, but what is pulling you back? What aren't you getting rid of? What is hindering you? Being prepared isn't just about planning what you should take with you. It's also choosing what to leave behind as you're packing for a trip. And many of you probably have experienced this. You you always are thinking, you know, should I take this? And honestly, I've never had a trip that I was like, wow, I am so glad I packed a suitcase full of that. (laughs) Uh, Less is more. I don't know if you've ever read the the story of Edward Shackleton and the endurance, but uh, that amazing trip that he takes across the final leg of the journey, uncharted territory, across Elephant Island, he and two other men are trying to make it back to civilization after nearly two and a half years of floating on ice flows and going in this little boat from from place to place and and finally making it. And they made it because they left behind everything else. They knew that they would not have enough strength for the final leg of their journey if they tried to take a bunch of stuff. And so they didn't. They purposefully didn't. And in our family, we have something we call the Shackleton moment. And uh, it's when uh, we really think hard about what are we going to take and what more importantly are we going to leave behind and so before we get into the van especially on a long trip i'll say guys this is this is the shackleton moment we can't take it with us we have to leave things behind and you know if we're we're really going to live in hope we have to throw off everything that's hindering us the sin that so easily entangles us and the second part of that is We must run with patient endurance the race that is marked out before us. First Peter chapter one says, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy, for I am holy. 
You know, there's a connection between living in hope and living a holy life. And just like a person who hopes to win a gold medal disciplines themselves so that they one day will be able to win that prize, we have to decide what we want more. You know, the athlete may want to eat all the junk food that he wants, but that gold medal is something he wants more. The mother may want to have a successful career, but she wants to raise her children and be there for them more. We may want to have all kinds of things, but do we want to please our Heavenly Father more? You know, living in hope means that we've caught a vision of something better, a vision of Him. The third thing I'm trying to express this morning is living in hope means fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. In a cross-country race, there's a lead runner, the one, and Gordon MacDonald in his book, A Resilient Life, uses that picture to kind of describe this race. The others take their cues from the lead runner. And Jesus is the one who's out in front. He runs the race ahead of us. And because of him, we know we can make it. I love what E. Stanley Jones says. He says, there are scars on my faith, but underneath those scars, there are no doubts. Christ has me with all the consent of my being and with the cooperation of all my life. The song I sing is alive, not the temporary exuberance of youth that often fades with middle and old age set in with disillusionment and cynicism. No, I'm 83, and I'm more excited today about being a Christian than I was at 18 when I first put my feet upon the way. Wow. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as those who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. You know, we have a hope, and the hope is that Jesus is coming again. This past week, I was talking to Chris about Advent. And it's a time where we're preparing for Jesus coming. And at six years old, she's she's been through a few Advent seasons already, but her face just lit up when I told her that Jesus was coming and she began to jump up and down. And with this excited, beaming face, she said, when? When? Oh, I am so excited. He's coming. He's coming. Jesus is coming. And that picture is one that I'm trying to communicate this morning to our congregation. That sense of childlike wonder and excitement. He's coming. He's really coming. So friends, let me just remind you this morning. We aren't home yet but we are on the journey. And the hope that we have is not the hope of a slightly better life here. Our hope is in Him and the fact that He will return for us as His people. And so we are living in hope in the middle of this broken, frustrated, groaning creation that's breaking all around us. And we don't see it yet. We hope for that that we do not yet have. But friends, we are living in hope. Like little children. Anticipating his soon return. 
And by the grace of God, we will patiently wait for the restoration of all things. I don't know where you're at in all that. And I know that there may be some of you that are listening to this this morning that aren't feeling a whole lot of hope. Maybe this past year has been a hard one for you. Maybe right now you're going through physical difficulties and there's the uncertainty of what does the next doctor's visit mean? Maybe you're going through financial challenges and you just found out that you lost your job or that you're losing your job or that your company is downsizing. I don't know what challenges that you may be facing right now, but friends, I want to encourage you this morning. There is hope. And even though all creation around us is groaning, there is hope. And the hope that saves us is the same hope that keeps us from day to day. It is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you, put your hope in him. Trust him. Believe him. I believe he will bring us through. For gleaning and gathering, God bless.